I don't ever get to sing low. I like singing low. I don't ever get to. Well, go ahead right now. What what were you singing <coughs> low? You now that your voice is all. Let me see. What yeah. was I just singing? Let's hear it. Oh. Wade in the water. <laughs> Y'all's normal voices are low. So, I mean, I was singing chestnuts roasting on an open fire. <laughs> it felt good. And you're, Jack you're doing it low. Frost. Yeah. Jack, Jack Frost. That's pretty low. Yeah. I can sing at your nose. No. I can't ever sing that. <laughs> no. Y'all remember Byron Barr in our? <laughs> yes. Did you remember yeah. him? It, yeah, I remember. Black guy in our music uh, in college. He could sing so low. His voice was low too. He yeah, kind of talked, talked like that a little. Yeah. Real. Man, that's crazy. That's an F. You F- know, there was a there was a time where I. D. <laughs> are you sure that's a D? D. I can't sing no D. You got a piano beside you. You that's can't. A, yeah, I don't know if that's it. a D. That's yeah, okay. D. Oh, okay. D. Yeah. Yeah. I said, can you go lower than a D? I might get a C. C. It's getting gross. Can I go to a B? B. <laughs> can I go to an no. A? No, you can't. No. See, you almost hit a C, but pretty much crap out of D. <laughs> pretty much a D. So I hit a C. I hit a B. I just did it. It, it sounded okay, kind of weird. Uh, 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 <laughs> hold on. Uh, That's a C. <laughs> I was just trying to vision you in the choir trying to sing that, like the, and it sounds like a little frog. You have to put your, the, the microphone in your mouth to hear it, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's it. Uh, it's the quietest it's, thing possible. It's quiet, but I did it. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite episodes of uh, Andy Griffith's show. Is Barney is a terrible singer, and Andy is everybody. And uh, uh, I think his name is not Ralph. What is the name of the choir director? It, all the characters in that show are so, so amazing. Great. The show, if, even though I, I don't, it's hard to say it's underrated, but people don't e- just understand the comedic genius of it and the acting skill and everything. And uh, the episode is <laughs> Barney can't sing, and he gets the solo, and then he's doing terrible, and they and. The choir director doesn't want to tell him, and then he makes Andy, and Andy goes, wait, hold on, this and, and he gets another guy. He said, Barney, you just have to sing. No, too loud. And Barney goes, no, too loud. Too loud. told him that a special it's, microphone or something? Yeah, the microphone was way too sensitive, mm-hmm. and if he sang it all loud, it would it would go, wee, your feedback and all this stuff. And But what was really funny is they had a guy behind the curtain actually singing it, but it was a bass. It was just yeah. not Barney, but Barney got so his, his chest started puffing out because he was singing like this and singing the solo, and it was so awesome. And it's just, it's like one of the most endearing things. It's just so the sh- the whole show is so good. Like it's mm-hmm. it's my all time favorite show. But uh, a minute ago we were talking about college, Byron Bar. There was a time, probably for ten years after college, I would say a whole decade after college, where I still felt kind of attached to college like I was I wasn't that far away from it even though I was you know 
probably almost 35. I was probably mid thirties. I still felt maybe it's because the band or whatever, but I felt really attached. Like I was still kind of a college person. And then Mm -hmm. that totally went away. And now it feels very bizarre to think about college, like as doing it. Like if I had to go on campus and go to class and hang out with people at parties and stuff like that, that would be this almost a bad thing. Now it'd be terrible. I don't, I don't think I mean, even if everybody was my age, even if everybody was in their 40s. Now, now that would be an interesting idea. College for 40-year-olds. You know what I mean? Maybe I should look into that. I'm, you know, single. I could. <laughs> what if I started a college for 40-year-olds where you go and you live in a dorm and everything, but everybody there, you know, because when you're in college, everybody's in 18 to 24 or something like that, right? So now, what if there was college for 40, 44 to 50? Wouldn't that be cool? That might be a new business idea I should start. It'd be okay. What are you the dean? I guess that's like old school the movie. (laughs) But they yeah, yeah, I would be the dean. And then it's uh choose your own curriculum, choose your own adventure. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you say, you know what? I always wish I would have done that. Because when you're in your forties, a lot of people are having midlife crisis. A lot of people, you know, you go, What do you wish you would have done? You're you're forty five years old right now. What you, you maybe you had a good job, maybe you had family, all this stuff, maybe you're divorced, all this stuff. And what do you wish you would have done? You know what I mean? Like, if I could, I would go back. Probably here's two things that I would love to take classes for marine biology for you, right? Exactly that. No, 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 quantum physics, no, uh, counseling or, uh, you know, some kind of, uh, therapies, classes or something like that, or just straight up car mechanics. I, I think that would be just so awesome just to work on an engine every day in class. I and think that stay would in the be dorm, a lot just of, so fun. It's a full, it's a dormitory, the whole hall of people yeah. having midlife crises in auto mechanic dorm. You know how that'd be <laughs> yeah. fucking way crazier than yeah, going to the oh. Kappa Sig party mm-hmm. when, when you're 20. Imagine all these fuckers, they're 40 something years old and they're just, yeah, their life hadn't turned out the way they had, or it was going fine, but they're like, what? Is this it? What's left? You know what I mean? And and man, that would be fun. Just it's imagine if you collar. bought an old you bought an old apartment building with a hundred apartments in it, you know, kind of like a little bit of a high rise. And maybe it has ten floors or something like that. And then uh the bottom floor is is just classrooms and you go to it and there's like a garage and then, you know, so there's ten you know, 10 different things you can do or you, or you choose your own. Like I said, you go, Oh, you know, I'm just going to study and you figure it out on, you know, but the main thing is just living together and hanging out and doing some crazy stuff in your forties. That sounds I think it's starting good. to sound more and more like a halfway house. <laughs> it could be <laughs> get off your drugs or something like that. Yeah. That could be cool. Yeah. It's a turning, call it turning point. You know, it's like yeah. you get a new start, you go with other people, put in your time, but you get, you know, you got support around you. So you yeah. turn over a new leaf. Do you think there would be more or less sex at that age level than at actual college? Hmm. That's a good question. I wonder, I've always wondered how much sex really was happening in college. Do you think it, you know, it felt like everybody's doing it, but me, but, right. but I don't know if that's actually true. Probably and not. I don't. And I don't know if anybody's doing it anymore. People say they do it, and I guess they are, but I don't even know. 
I, I don't really understand sex anymore. <laughs> There's like, not good stats on it that I'm, I know of. I'm sure yeah. there is and stuff, but I mean, it's it's always been unclear what was really going on, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah, people yeah. say shit. Maybe people we say a know. lot of shit. Yeah. Everybody. But I mean, I don't says stuff. I don't know. I mean, I don't know, and I guess that you never will. It, it's they say people like, that talk about it aren't having it. But well, it's kind of like in middle school when everybody says they do not masturbate, but they all do. It's kind of like right. later, everybody says they are, but they are not. Right. Yeah. That's very possible. Yeah. I would say, because I would say in the 40s, people would just, they would just do it. It would just be like, there's no question. Do I do it or yeah. do I not? Or is this a budding relationship? Or it would just be like, well, we're attracted. Let's have sex or let's don't. It's yeah. just like, it would just be more mutual, like, se- sexual relationships rather than, you know, kids doing what kids do. I'm, I'm pretty sure that. we're fully out of touch, though, also. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we don't know anything. I'm sure we do not know what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Now, you know what? I'm going to, uh, this is a good good moment to say, I, I might talk to Stormy on my podcast, Sex 101, about this. We're recording okay. another episode. We got some, we got some killer listener questions. I mean, really good. Like people are being open and honest and vulnerable. Some of the questions. I mean, we got some, we got some good. good, really good questions. And so I'm kind of excited about it. So and I'll, the question I'll ask her, is, do, how, how much sex are the kids really having these days? <laughs> There's yeah. got to be stats on that. But the stats come from the kids who a lot tell of the surveys the stats. Right. It's a self-reporting right. situation. That's how it's got to be skewed. Yeah, it's totally it's skewed. It has to be. Just the same way as everybody in the South said they were Christian. Right. On whatever survey, they were Christian. They just knew of a church. The right. best way to do they it would Muslim. be to use uh, just actual privacy invasion on iPhones and listen to the sounds and have AI analyze the sounds with the microphones in the room to hear the squishing noises and let the computer analyze those <laughs> yeah. and they could tell the difference in you know whether it was if there was two people real involved. or fake squish yeah like you could hear if there's two people in the room the breathe you know you can analyze the audio that is being stu- you know con- you, we assume <laughs> that the cameras on your laptops and your audio on your devices there's always devices nearby that could be monitoring such things that would be the real stats yeah. we need we would need to have like you know maybe china has that Maybe the Chinese government is monitoring their peoples. That that would be good data, but self-reporting data not so much. I can't imagine before AI took over. What that was somebody's job. So your job is to put on headphones <laughs> and you have I mean, to yeah. determine if somebody's Listening jacking off with lotion. If they're that's what sex. spies had to do, right? Like they, yeah. I mean, a spy yeah. and, and the, there's a person in Russia listening to somebody. <laughs> yeah, you know, a van with a satellite yeah. on top of it. Yeah, I mean, that, that really did happen. And they're listening to <laughs> here, political here. officials sleeping with a prostitute or something. I have the files. <laughs> oh man i mean the self-reporting is terrible because like also like you can't trust humans at all like eyewitness reports are the worst right like the people say i witnessed this and they're like way off bad people people remember things terribly bad i mean you can be manipulated so badly like whether it be you know you can put somebody can put a thought in your head and you thought you thought it happens all the time you know what i mean it happens to me all the time it happens to me all the time 
I mean, it happened to me last week. I was trying to remember what it was, but it happens all the time. Oh, it was just something at the co-op preschool. They were looking for these files and that that they were looking for that would have been in my jurisdiction at some point. Yeah. And they and I said, well, no, I mean, I, 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 get, I had those and I put them here and I did that. And then somebody asked like two more follow up questions and said, what well, was a binder? And it had this on it and that. And I was like, fuck, I lost. I know. I remember seeing those now. I lost them. And I was uh, confessing to having lost. And, so, and I went, I went, and looked at the stores. You know, I went everywhere, and I went and apologized to the person and everything. I was like, I know I screwed up, but I always screw up stuff like this, and I shouldn't have had them in the first place. And then right. I found out that I ne- they didn't, I didn't have them, but I'd already started remembering that I you had them and lost them. I was like, I, I bet I threw them out when I put the dip was moving. You know, oh, just immediately. You know me. And then, then somebody they started it. describing what they looked like. I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, yeah, I saw that. I've definitely seen a blue binder. Yeah, yeah it was it yeah. was white. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm pretty sure I screwed that up. Oh, I mean man, that definitely so happens mad. all the time. And I was thinking too. Another thing is about like medical stuff. So like Toby was talking about his physical, and they asked him if he if he uh, smoked or drank or something, and of course he says no. You know, mm-hmm. people say no if a doctor asks you, "Do you well, do yeah, something right. unhealthy?" <laughs> so many people lie and say no i don't do that they but they usually they do, do the math but that's the, that's the step stuff makes me so mad because they'll say like well how, how many drinks do you drink and then you say an answer and then they double your answer to themselves because they know you're cutting it in half right <laughs> that's that is saying, how that's they just do another it. that's just a, another uh self-report skew but you can't tell the truth Medical because stats. you know they don't believe you and they double your answer in their own minds anyway right. just like when people say what time are we supposed to leave you go well uh, better be in the lobby at five forty-five because they know you're going to be 15 minutes late but it's yeah. six so then you get into that game where nobody's right. telling the, the truth about anything so basically all human stats are not accurate I mean, self-reporting. There, I mean, you overall you can get you're getting the ideas and trends, and if you know, the, I mean, it's, you know, it's a guess. It's a guess. It's better than nothing. I mean, eyewitness no, reports know, have been the court cases have all been settled by those, but you know, but that's why you can't believe like false alien sightings stuff. either, though. You know what I mean? That's everybody, true. Everybody, everybody. I mean, I I believe at this point in my life, people have seen a real alien ship or something. They've seen some kind of it, maybe I shouldn't say ship. They've seen some kind of anomaly thing that wasn't from this earth or that anybody, I, I believe that, or it's a time traveler or something. I don't or know. Or dimensional. Yeah. Right. Maybe something like that. I believe that happened, but I would still say majority probably just not. Yeah. You know but it would I mean? only oh, take yeah. one just, real, like as a, if there was 1 million fake sightings and one real sighting, that's a yeah. quite significant nonetheless. Yeah. On something like oh. aliens. <laughs> Alien. Alien. Um, oh, I want to get to, so we hadn't done them in a while, and I have a bunch of asking you shall receive questions. Let's get too. to them. Otherwise, you never do uh, if you get to roll. Well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we can go ahead and roll with some if y'all want. Um, we also need to, is Katie sending our uh, call to action sheet for us, sure folks? Yes. She sure. will before the show's <clears> over. I hope that's the case. If she doesn't, I'll well, go back to an old one, and Katie will be fired she's immediately. Slipping. She's slipping. I mean, I don't know what she's doing. When she, she's up in there in Seattle with you guys, no, doing she's lot of stuff. She's off gallivanting. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really like that you got her working for another band. There's only there is one band. There's one, one ca- band. Now that's not a good attitude. 
for her to have. You're right. For her, she knows the bad attitude to work with another band. We're we're Matt's like third, like we're the lowest on yeah. on the totem pole of the bands <laughs> the bands that he works for. Yeah. <laughs> Matt has worked with Under Oath and King's Kaleidoscope. Oh, 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 oh yeah. yeah, and Emory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're down there somewhere. Damn it! I work with Motley Crue. Yeah, Dave yep. works with everybody in the music business. Yeah, Dave, everybody. True. Dave's got clients, literally on, on top of clients. I uh, took Motley Crue, Alicia Key. He's done meetings with Alicia oh, yeah. Keys directly. I know. That's so funny. I took the kids to the mall this weekend. I was like, you know what? Because I was like, there ain't much to do, and um. I was like, I'll just go to the mall. They might kind of think that's fun, actually. You know, and there's a decent mall in Champaign. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's it's as good as the malls is, you know, Greenville Mall or uh, Ooh, Haywood, Haywood mall. though. Haywood's Hay- legit. Haywood was legit. I guess it still Green, is okay. Greenville not. But uh, this mall's fine. And we were walking around and I saw Hot Topic. And I was like, oh, let's go in here. This will be, you know. And the Hot Topic store is very small now. It's, it felt like it was about half as big as the one that I went to and I was walking around and I was, everything is made to look, you know, my kids go, Oh, this is an emo store. This is an emo store. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. That's crazy. And I, I told yeah. him, I was like, you know, it used to be really important if our music was one of the six CDs that got, then you had put on headphones and you went and listened mm-hmm. at hot topic. And that really did make you, that really did help. And I was yeah. thinking about, it, I was like, man, it's so funny. And the and the two girls working there dressed up, not dressed up. That's probably the regular, but they looked emo and all this stuff. And then I caught a glimpse of something to my right, and it was an old man that was in there, but it was a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and the old man was me, and I was wearing not emo clothes, but dad clothes. Uh-huh. Like I mean, I look like a. A nice looking older man who's a dad. And I was like, whoa. I mean, that's crazy. Like, I used to walk in the store and maybe look a little cooler, at least younger, or or, or look maybe a hair more emo or something. But now that I don't, I mean, I look like a dad. And mm-hmm. I actually wrote music that helped that store be important. Isn't that weird? But I don't, I don't, I look like, you know, not cool. Not cool at all. <laughs> it was so weird. And I was like, and I just like, hey, come on, let's get out of here. <laughs> I, had to leave. I made the kids made leave because leave. I was like, this is weird. Like, and then I thought, what? Am I supposed to look emo? If I was dressing emo, I'd probably look dumber, right? I'd look worse. worse if I if I caught myself if I caught myself with a white rhinestone belt and <laughs> and you know a, and a super tight shirt and girl jeans on, I'd be like, oh. No. Oh, if you this saw real mid forties guy like that too, you know yeah. what you think of him. So it got me thinking. I don't know exactly how do I dress kind of cool now, but not dumb. I'm at a weird age where like I can't dress. I'm not going to dress like I'm in my twenties and uh, you know, I can't look like mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know what band. What what is a what's the? I was trying to think. What's the band that we went on tour with, and uh, then they blew up. That's like every band, but um. And then the the drummer got Pierce in trouble. Veil. Pierce the veil. I was like, I couldn't. I can't look like I'm in Pierce the veil right now, or I or I'd look really dumb and bad. Mm-hmm. But I I don't really want to look like my dad. Like 
in the mirror, I think I'd look like to my dad. He dresses kind of nice, and he's out at the mall. You know, so I don't know what to actually wear anymore. Well, look, look at the cool. other generations ahead. Like, what is Mark McGrath wearing these days? <laughs> oh, that's probably terrible. Whatever he's wearing is probably <laughs> he's, awful. He's probably, yeah. I mean, like, who's somebody? Yeah. Is there somebody that dresses? Maybe an actor would be close, like yeah. somebody like a Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. Right? He's around, the, but, he's but around 40. No, nah, that's not a good one because his whole cutesy. thing is. He's a little is, too cool. Yeah. His whole thing is being like a broad, like broad appeal in a mass way whereas you know our music is uh, is has a look to it like it does right. have like it does have right. a thing like uh steven tyler what's he supposed to do yeah. he has to still look like aerosmith he has to be Steve he has yeah. to yeah. still be that even if he's old so you know you have to right. tie it into your genre like you your image is still related to something the best yeah. example i can think and then a lot of times when that goes out of style is pretty goofy though um, new metal bands, for instance, or radio rock bands right. are dumb. That or the people that wear the afflicted shirts. That was the last generation. You don't want to fall into that. Like right. when, when right. it goes that, or it's stupid looking, and you're still hanging on to it. But Trent Reznor, I think, has done it right. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, he, he just, just usually he wears just, like a black t-shirt. I think. Yeah, he's right. just black. Well, so do you? It's fine. But you have big yeah. muscles and short yeah. hair and be really. You know, good. yeah, I'm working on my muscles. You know who yeah, just, I think that's all you can do. has it that I wish I could pull off is Rivers Cuomo. I saw him on an interview. Yeah, he's, and he's I was like, oh man, yeah. he, he he has those glasses yeah. and he has a nerd look, and it just totally works. And he still looks the same. Like he really does just look like he's yeah. not trying to look youthful in any way, right? But but, but he has a cool look. Nerd. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a little bit nerd. It's on the nerdy side. So, but it is it is like rolling. he can't really deviate from it though, right? So it is a character. Yeah, he can't. But what? But also, it's kind of. I was thinking how nice it has to be to never have to worry about it. He knows exactly. You know, he's he might wear a, a cardigan vest, a uh, sweater, or something, or you know, yeah. some glasses, and his hair is going to always. You know, he probably won't grow his hair out long, and he can always look kind of like the weak punk rocker that's strong. You know, with the distortion guitar stuff. I mean, I guess that's what it is. Anyway. It's funny. Well, I was going to say real quick. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day because one of Caroline, well, let's see. One of Rivers' buddies, his older brother, who's only a couple years older, he's probably 10, he asked on the bus the other day, he asked Carolina if if he could have my autograph. A 10-year-old? Wow. Yeah. Isn't that funny? But I think it was because his family came to our show one time at a thing, and I yeah, saw you on YouTube. About it. Yeah, and then Carolina was kind of embarrassed. But then, but then I was thinking, like, it's so funny because I could walk around Monticello or what, or Champagne or whatever, and just a normal everyday thing, and nobody would ever guess right. that I was the lead singer of a of an emo band. Right, like I, I would never be mistaken for one. Like Toby was saying, <laughs> not that I look terrible right. or whatever. Right. It's just I, that's not me. Yeah, but, but that, was, you are in a category, a more specific subcategory known now known as elder emo. That would be a little bit elder more. emo. If, you, if they were aware that's of the true. category, they might better figure. They might better guess it right. on a menu of of possible multiple choice. That's and true. there was an elder emo category. Maybe they could get it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true i might get lumped in elder emo 
Yeah, but I don't right, what know. you got, Toby? The people, yeah, I don't even know if people knows what that means. Elder no, they emo, don't. But yeah, they don't. Yeah, I got to get a look. I know that. I need a look that I can just go to, and I don't have to think about it anymore. I don't well, you really need a new like look looking either my, way. Given your might as you well know, go for re- it. Relational status. So it's time. It's time for an overhaul, a makeover, a double. Yeah, down. hey, do a little research. You know I mean? See just, which direction you want to go. You don't you don't you get me Can you get me on one of those makeover shows? Yeah. Just be explore on. a little bit, yeah. you know. Emo going to Nordstrom. I have five gay guys work on me, and I'm going to look <laughs> so awesome. Okay, it's hey. a show though, but it's like it'll be a makeover show. Um, and you got to get Nate from Amberlynn to be to yeah. to do, uh-huh. to, do, to make Nate it over. He's a fashion like Nate who are the fashion people? You yeah, know? yeah. Josh, right. J Man, our Josh, yeah, J Man, Nate I get Young, Josh, Christian, Nate Young. Maybe I don't know who else. Um, yeah, I don't know, but that could that could actually be cool. We should do a yeah. We should do a make Toby makeover consultant. Just, you need yeah. some good yeah. ones. That would be a good episode. Like a, we could film it. So that, keep that in mind. That's pretty. My kids is really funny. They were talking. Um, they were talking to me and they were like, they were asking me about our divorce and stuff like that. And then they were saying, are are uh, was I going to date? And I was like, we're not thinking about that right now. That's not what we're trying to do. Don't worry. And I said, you don't have to worry about that at all. I said. If that were to ever happen, that'd be down the road. And if it did, it had to be like a super special person that y'all met and y'all really liked and all this stuff. And, uh, I said, and then, um, and I think it was June. She's super funny. And she was like, well, uh, but she said, but if it was a dude, that might be kind of cool. So I'd be okay <laughs> if it was a guy. And I was like, oh, I said like, so if I just have Kevin over here, she's like, yeah, what if Kevin you know, you and Kevin, that that might actually be pretty cool. I was like, well, maybe who knows? You know what I mean? So maybe I just, I was like, I could just, yeah, you know, just it didn't work things. out with, <laughs> it didn't work out on this side. So maybe the other side <laughs> might be a little bit nicer. Oh, uh, well, you know, we'll have to see. But uh, all right, asking you shall receive. All right, this first one uh, isn't heavy, but this this was is for you guys more because this and maybe even Matt the most. You guys, uh, this comes from uh, Sam P. Um, you guys mentioned Legends of the Fall as one of your favorite quotable movies. So I just watched it last night, and my question is, what the fuck are you guys quoting? It was the weirdest movie <laughs> I've seen in a long time, and not in a completely negative way, in a 90s drama way. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the question. Okay, Like, I, I think he's it's, just thinking, like, what, like, why would you like it so much? Because it is probably more too when you. I watched yeah. it not that long ago. I think it was on TV or something. I was like, "Oh, this is cool." And uh, oh, maybe I think it's on Netflix actually, Matt. For you, in case you're wondering. Oh, it is. But I think it's on Netflix. It's on one of those streaming yeah. that we got. Maybe it's HBO Max, but uh, it is '90s or mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like it, it's if it was made today, it would the acting would be a little different yeah, and everything. You know what I mean? Today, yeah. it, it is oh, that epic nineties. Like it's got a little bit of the, it's a little romanticized, right. a little drama. Very, music. Yeah. It's yep. at the height of romantic nineties yeah. stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. but the story is written is from a novel that's older than that. And then it was put into a movie. Says so if they made it now, they would just make it a different way probably. Yeah. But the story yeah. is still the story from a novel. <clears throat> yeah. It's not super quotable. He's right. He's right. It's not yeah. super quotable, but we, we quoted a we lot quoted ourselves, it because we recognized we've seen it. it a bunch of times. But one of the reasons yeah. that that one way to think about that movie to me is almost any movie. Um, this is how things 
affect me is that anything that is extremely emotional, it will, you know, when you first see it, the first time you see it, it just affects you or you feel the feelings or something like that. And the more you see it, it just starts to be funny. So it, yeah, it right. doesn't take a few listens and watches through where things that the first time they made you feel a certain way. And then you just find it funny the more times you, you watch that because they're just impactful. They make, they cause yeah. a reaction. It makes you laugh. And then you say you want, but the, you know, the, the, the one where Brad Pitt says that he, you know, when he says once, brother, I'll forgive once. you once, you know, that yeah. like that say scene that again, and stuff we are like not that. Brothers. Say that again. We're not brothers. Like that scene yeah. is so, it's just so funny to say it once you have a grip on what that the action yeah. is in it. That and after Andy Hopkins, when yeah. you screw the government. <laughs> and then the Indian, uh, I'm sorry, Native American. One stab. Um, yeah, one stab. He uh, was, and he's the narrator, yeah, one right? Stab, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Got, yeah, uh, yeah, when a, Tristan dies, a, he, re- he says, it was a good death. It was. You know, because the, the bear kills Tristan or whatever. It's good. It was, I, I mean, it's it is definitely it's got some cheesiness to it in that nineties feel. It, it, it sucks yeah, it that those, the right spot. Those movies, like I don't, I don't understand some things that were happening that were cool in the eighties and nineties, and it feels like it went away. And I do not understand it. Men would go see those movies. You know what I mean? Like you would go see a movie that was a drama and emotional, and, and you know, I'm like even like I remember watching a river runs through it with Brad Pitt, by the way, and oh, yeah. similar in the vibe a little bit. But there were movies that you would go see that were dramas that were awesome, and they just don't happen anymore. Everybody just went, no, we can only have like, uh, you know, uh, superheroes or robots. Ultra dark, or, ultra yeah, reality, yeah. anti-hero. But, like, there used to be like just a, a story, and it was good, and you liked it, and it, and it was it's not, more and, like a novel. Yeah. It's more like that feel. And the same yeah. way, I, th- I feel like with just like rocker uh, female bands like i just listened to fly on the wall david spade and dana carvey and they had uh cheryl crow on and i was like man just a badass lady writing just kick-ass songs i mean she has so many hit songs it's amazing they were just listening i was like oh i forgot about that i forgot about it. and I, I was like man what like what happened to just drama who's movies the, who's the modern cheryl crow is the question i mean i guess i mean maybe it'd be uh i don't know it's more uh, pop than rock. I mean, it's just there's no rock. Right. There's no yeah. mainstream rock, right? No. Other, I, mean, I mean, you know what I mean? Taylor Swift, maybe, but that's what I'm saying. Her what songs don't seem badass though? like there's that. It's not really mainstream like... rock, hardly. What is considered rock now? Is it Imagine Dragons? <laughs> Probably. Yes. Yeah, but man, that's rock like in general. Hip hop, pop, that's just rock. pop. But, I mean, you remember listening to Alanis Morissette. I, mean, I got yeah, her album. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking cool. She sold thirty yeah. million. I saw. I mean, you know, what I mean, there these. There was a time where I was like, "Whoa, man! Girl bands are like really awesome and legit." And there, this is real rock and roll. And then cranberries. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. So anyway, all right, uh, we'll move on to the next one. I don't know, can't remember if I read this or not. This is the only one on here where I can't remember. So, but it kind of applies, I think. Anyway, I think a lot of people have or are going through this. So I'm going to read it again. If we, if it's repetitive, we'll just we'll still give you a good answer. Uh, and maybe y'all will remember. My mom is very consi- conservative Christian and is very concerned about my deconstruction. Y'all remember me reading that one? No. Uh, I'm not sure I'm a believer anymore, but I don't mind going to church when I visit my mom where she lives or having conversations about God or Jesus. But those conversations usually tend to get her emotional. How do you deal with a parent that is frightened you are on the road to hell? 
Well, if you think about it from a parental point of view, like at least as a, in some sense, if you think your mom really thinks that, that would be bad for her. That is pretty, I can see why that's so bad. If you thought that about your kid, like as a parent, I can see that. So she must really, that makes her probably a real believer. That's kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she must believe that is true. So you're saying so, you should just become a Christian? I think you should <laughs> try to go to heaven is what will be my first recommendation. Just try also worry, you know, yeah. what if she's you know, right? Actually, she's right. Come back. Come back. Man's going through this weird time where he's starting to believe in hell again, and is, is he wrong? And don't listen to him. Is- I mean, because, like, what if she's right and all, you know? It's like, you can't be. Can't be. <laughs> I think. I mean. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think there's a respectable way to deal with circumstances like this is I think you, you can, you can hint at the truth of how you really feel, you know? Yeah. I think you can, but also there's no need to really drag it out. There's no need to have a big debate about it with them. It's just not, I just don't think it's productive Yeah, to your relationship. And I'm not saying that you have to be uncomfortable so your parent can be comfortable, but also, I don't think there's a real need to just shove it in their face. I think there's a there's a casual way to kind of massage that conversation. You know, say, you know, you're just trying to find what's real. You know, I mean, I could see how you could slowly kind of get to that point to where right. it wouldn't seem so crazy. It, isn't yeah. there really two main branches of that conflict? One is where the parents simply disapprove of the lifestyle, and then you feel that moralism and that control and they just want you to do what they want you to do to make them feel better, which is that one I struggle with. That one, you just you can boundary that one. You just got to do the, what they call what's known as boundaries or something and just go, this yeah. is, you know, that one. Yeah. But then there's the one where it's more of a genuine concern and emotional, which is slightly different. That one's just mm-hmm. slight, that's slightly different. If it's not coming, if it's not coming from, like, I don't know, you know, and then in that case, you probably have a better chance of actually having a conversation about your spirituality. Is that not a possibility in that, yeah. in the second branch? Yeah. Or they're yeah. To- like, are, is she totally closed? Cause if she's totally closed to how you're viewing things now, then you, what can you do other than be closed? You know, but if she's, right. if, if she wants you to be open, can she be open? Can you, can you have conversations? You know, maybe not. Right. I think I think uh, it, too, like y'all, said, y'all were saying, it you can acknowledge that. Hey, I understand this is scary for you. You know what I mean? Like you are a believer and you do believe this strongly. And I and you don't you don't have to take a hard stance. You can say maybe I don't know where I'm at or where I'm at isn't where you are at. And I can understand that's scary, but also I'm willing to listen and talk to you. And it, and if God is real and the God that you believe in is real, He will change me. You know what I mean? I, I will be changed, and it'll be okay. Right. Um. Anyway, so hope that helps a little bit. All right, here we go. Let's see. Sorry. I'm... All right. Uh, this. I wish we'd read this one a while ago. This is uh, hmm. Sarah. About a year ago, I was promoted to the head manager of a retail store. I have been with the company for almost ten years and worked my way up from the bottom position of cashier. Uh, at the moment, I could use. Uh some advice dealing with my assistant manager. So she's a head manager now and the assistant manager she's having an issue with. 
everything was going great at first, but it feels like the honeymoon period is over. I feel like he keeps overstepping his boundaries by changing things without asking if it's okay with me at such as scheduling procedures or questioning my knowledge of certain things. If I hear him say, well, that's how we did things at my old location. One more time, I'm going to scream. <laughs> this is my store and I lead it the way I see fit, which is with kindness and fairness. I know I need to put my foot down, but don't want him to see, but don't want to seem power hungry. I don't want to seem power hungry. Um, I am of course, incredibly grateful for his help, but he also is trying to take over things I never asked him to help with. I think it's also worth mentioning. I'm a woman in my early thirties, so it's already hard to be taken seriously. Sometimes maybe I'm letting imposter syndrome get the best of me and taking things too personally. Maybe I'm afraid of not being needed, or maybe I'm just afraid of change. I just worked so hard to get to this position. I'm very proud of myself for overcoming many hard situations and to accomplish all of that I have. Somehow, I still feel like I'm not in charge of the store sometimes, despite my assistant manager insisting he doesn't want the responsibility of being the head manager. I just want to say, back the fuck off professionally, of course. Uh, thank you for any insight you guys could offer. Well, that's not our area of expertise is the regular job <laughs> world, you know. <laughs> that's what we have as little experience as, as, you, as there right. might be there um, in whatever way. But at least that's a pretty introspective person. She gave three different things it could be that mm -hmm. maybe aren't just, yeah. he's fucked up. So that's, you know, our first question in my head is, I wonder if he has any doubt about also, or if he's just doing a thing that was never mm. going to, never going to stop. Like that's what, like, um, if somebody's toxic, now I'm not saying he is toxic or whatever, but I'm saying Maybe similar to the last question. If there's somebody who is not going to change their pattern, can't yeah. change their pattern, won't change their pattern, and their pattern is negative or negative in the, the culture it's in, then you had you had to take the period of time it takes to evaluate that and then figure out how to deal with it. Because there's certain people, you know, where you're dealing with them and you go, oh, no matter how I make adjustments on my end, they're not going to make adjustments. Right. But you don't want to necessarily judge that about somebody too right. early. But if that's true, <laughs> you just you can feel that in some situation where this dynamic is not going to change from him. Meanwhile, yeah. you're over here going, "Well, I could do this, or I could try this, and I tried that, and I've tried this." But what is he? Is he trying to, you know, or is it just so? That's you, have, you know, hard to judge from the outside. Yeah. But yeah, that um, his old branch. I mean, so it sounds like he's just a set in his whatever ways there but mm -hmm. the one that i hate the most of anything in any kind of setting like that is the um do you ever get the one where people say well you, the 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 thing to try to carry weight in an argument is i was told but just just the yeah. i was told that's the, that drives me right. the craziest ever somebody go i was yeah, told sure. but like I, do, I don't know about who's told what or who told it doesn't the i was told doesn't hold any like those empty phrases that people use to push with power that to me is always a, like that's what it kind of rhymes with that well my old branch what what does that have to do with anything you know if right. it was a legitimate right. su you know suggestion it would be it would be you know we come we have a problem we're trying to solve and he might make a suggestion well you know at my old branch we did this what do you think about that that would be right. appropriate yeah but to say a blanket phrase as if that's just going to push something through or excuse something yeah, that probably is driving you crazy for a reason. Yeah. yeah. I think the guy is, uh, I think he's an asshole and you should definitely put some, uh, put your foot down in some ways. Like, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. He probably feels a little insecure too, 
or it, you know, he says he doesn't want your job or whatever. But I mean, he's assistant manager, and the what? What is it? Why would he not want to be manager? I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Like, since we don't know him, maybe he's just super happy being assistant manager. But when people overstep their boundaries, they are doing something against what they know you want. Like, but doing mm-hmm. things without asking you or running it by you first. And so, well, if I was in your shoes, I would do a few different things. Like, uh, I'd, I'd set up a few different things and see if he follows along, gets in line, or he pushes back on a few different things that you're trying to do. And if he pushes back on it, then you have to have the conversation, hey, are you with me or not? Like, I am the manager here, and this is the way I'm going to do things. And I need you to be with me and support that. You're my assistant manager to support the manager. That's what's got to happen. Yeah. And that might be a tough conversation, but I think he's overstepping his bounds. And yeah. you're right. You worked really hard to get there through, went through a lot. And so I just, I don't, don't, if, if there's somebody doing something that you don't like, then it's somebody doing something you don't like. That is true. And you don't have to be mean or hateful, but you know, I think you do got to stand your ground on a few things because people will walk right over you. He, yeah. You can think he, about it too. Like a, he, if you he would go as far as you let him go. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what I'm saying. If you detect that that's a one way force, that's not interactive. Yeah. Do you have a two way with him or is it a one way with him? Yeah. But th- mm-hmm. you can think of that like a kid or something too. You can, you are in a position to give him choices and frame things as well. Here's the choices. It's this or this. You can also use phrases like uh, tell him I'm going to need this. Like that's a requirement that I'm going to need need this. I'm going to yeah. need it to be this way or I'm feeling this way. And also when it comes to conflict, you can say um, I'm not willing to X, Y, Z. And that's a neutral thing you can always say that's also firm. I'm not willing to yeah. um, change this thing. And then you can stop. And then he has to even aggressively challenge something you're saying that's firm and neutral, or he has to accept right. what you're accepts, saying you're not maybe, willing. So you have to be yeah. clear without before you have to say, are you with me? Or, I mean, there's there's yeah. some choice framing you could do similar to if you were working with a, a child or something first. And, yeah. you know, he should reveal himself. You I would should, you also have to hi- set positions to where he'll reveal himself. I, I would also hire a private investigator and get some dirt on him. And you then when he does something, I'd say, oh, yeah. look, at the, look at this, go ahead and look get at this document. Have a plan B. This document yeah. was delivered to my desk today, uh, Todd. Here you- yeah. <laughs> check yeah. out check out this document, Todd. And it's just pictures of him like cheating on his wife or you know, yeah. doing something yeah. bad. And then you're like, yeah, say it again. Say, do something else. That's what <laughs> yeah, I you got to you mind in the mean, you don't have to use it. Yeah, but you yeah. might want to start with that. Yeah. Kind of I would hire yeah. a private yeah. a PI. <laughs> it's called leverage i mean right you know, yeah. if you're, you're already at the manager level you got you're in the ball game now you got to be getting leverage yeah. on people all right Let's this one's long level. this next one is Uh-oh. long jeremy morning y'all <laughs> i'm in need of some advice sorry in advance for the lengthy email here we go <clears throat> i got your beverage I think so. I'm 33 years old and in my final year of medical school. I'm applying for residency right now and we'll find out where I'm headed in March of 2023. I have to apply all over the country as residency is very competitive and whatever spot accepts me, if I get a spot, I have to go to as it is contractual agreement. It is a contractual agreement. My issue is the fact that I am currently in a long distance relationship with an amazing woman who is also in an application process for a for PA school. Currently, we live about 500 miles apart, so it's not too difficult to see each other at least once every four to six weeks or so. However, our plan was to end up in the same city 
ideally, but we both have to apply broadly and the potential for ending up even further apart is a very real possibility and for much longer than either of us were planning. Here's the rub. We had the conversation about this possibility the night we decided to start dating. So it's not like this is coming out of the blue. However, she has also commented here and there about how she's impatient about future plans, marriage, kids, how she's worried about milestones will be delayed. For reference, she's 25, so I'm familiar with the delayed milestones thing since I was 30 when I started medical school. The problem now is that the residency spot that would take me closer to her is very competitive. Uh, There's only about two spots a year for applicants. The likelihood of me snagging the spot is low, but still technically possible, I suppose. So I've been dealing with some intense anxiety for the last couple of months, and I've come to realize the likelihood of us being in the same city for once is basically nil. It's gotten to the point that my scumbag brain has started to make uh, me feel apathetic about our relationship as I believe it will fizzle out due to the prolonged time away. At best, four years apart, potentially more. In addition to the apathy, I started to make up fake scenarios in my head that have started keeping me up at night. An accidental pregnancy, not getting residency spot, not getting a residency spot at all. I now get so much anxiety that whenever I push see a push notification on my phone, my heart skips a beat. Uh, so it comes to this. Do I double down on the commitment to the relationship, try the challenge of at least four more years of a long distance, uh, <laughs> potentially thousands of miles away? Uh, or do I do the crappy thing and think about ending things? Long time uh, listener. <laughs> uh, also, oh, wait, hold on. There's one little PS thing. PS. Also, uh, the head manager at my job's a real uh, dumbass. I'm the assistant <laughs> manager, and she thinks she knows everything, but I know better than her. Well, Thanks, guys. Long time listener. <laughs> well, first of all, um, I, I would suggest yeah. that it's still not too late to change school and careers. There is uh, my friend Toby starting a college soon. You could just I have a that's true. I, let me offer you a, a tuition. Yeah, uh, you can apply for a scholarship. You can get in the you know yeah. new turning point, uh, new leaf college that my friend Toby started where you just yeah. you new can leaf. get out of. Whatever shit you got going on. You can still on, be a doctor. You can go learn how to be a, a doctor on cars. You can doctor of a transmission and yeah. with a bunch of other transmission doctors at, at yeah. Turning Point University. Yeah. <laughs> Turning Point U. It's only like six-month program. TPU. Yeah. TPU. Um, well, here's what I would say. <clears throat> now, how old is Jeremy? He doesn't say how he old. He said like he's... thirty, and she's twenty five. Yeah, I think he's okay. in his thirties. Yeah, he's thirty three years old. Final year what, of medical what, school. What I would say is, if if he doesn't know, then he already knows. It seems to already know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I already. And I'm know. not saying that's an easy choice. I'm not saying. Yeah. I mean, that residency is a big deal. I'm not saying you can't do that or whatever, but yeah. If you know, just you the know, patterns I, that are here are not likely to change in four or 20 years. And the pattern right. is that you probably will continue yeah. is the one where when you see a notification from them, you go, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that one is probably the one that will right. continue is my guess. Yeah. Right. So you could whatever that means to you, it means to you. But that's probably the relational dynamic. I mean, it sucks because I know you probably you really probably like this person a lot, and I don't know how long far along you are in your relationship, but you know you probably see some potential. So it sucks to let that go, 
You know, yeah. I mean, I get that because you think, well, this might be, this could be something. This could be it. Or something. Yeah. You've already invested in it. But so I'm just it saying sucks. the quality of the thing you've invested in is the way that it is now. Yeah. Right. Which is, you're not, the way that it is now is the thing that you're not entirely happy with is what I, it seems like. Long distance and, relationships. And then there's all the possibilities of the future. Yeah. Maybe one day it'll be great. Maybe, but right now is the thing that you're not in love with the situation right now. So what is the maybe that it would be way different? And and long-distance relationships are hard. I, I mean, I was in a close-distance relationship, and it did not work out. <laughs> the close-distance relationships are hard. They don't work out. But long-distance relationships are weird because when you eventually get together, then you're together all the time. You know, there is right. some romantic, oh, we're so far apart, but we go mm-hmm. see each other just for the weekend, and you can just do everything in that weekend then you get a break from each other you know what i mean like some of that is actually you know adds to the romantic desire and want need of each other and stuff so it's really tough but it sounds like to me both of y'all are going to be extremely busy for the next several years and i think i mean four or more years of long distance relationship it could work and maybe you will get uh you know residency close but i i think it sounds like y'all are right like on some level you kind of know but it'll just be hard and, you know, they say if you let something go, it'll come back to you. I don't, you know, I don't, don't think to see that happening in my life, but it could in yours. You know what I mean? In my life. A whole you, lot of divorce you, jokes. You, I like I it. I know. In my life, you let it go, and then it's like you actually, you just let it go. It's actually gone. It's actually, I mean, fast. You see it floating away. It, like, you, yeah. You, no, you, you just see the smoke from the tires. You don't even see it. <laughs> You let the little birdie fly off and instantly eaten by right. an eagle. Yeah, yeah. It's like the yeah, it's, it's like the little back it's now. the squirrel that you release back into the wild after you help this injured leg and your the cat runs up the tree and kills it. Uh, yeah, so it sounds like you kind of know this is going to be tough. I think if you wait, you know, and see if you can be close to each other, maybe you won't be that far away. If you are very far away, yep. you might should just have a real conversation of what is best and what does this mean. So, the long distance gives you the ability to be indecisive. Also, yeah, doesn't yep. it? Yeah, it, yep. it allows yeah. for a soft. What well, seems like a soft thing, but there's a yeah. real time, and you know, yeah, you, you have to figure yeah. out what that really means for you. Yep. All right, I got one more. Um, okay. Super fun that y'all are offering to let us pick your brain about some things. One big thing I'm working through right now is life. In life, is longevity in friendships and relationships. And the whole mindset about what is toxic and what is really raising standards for your life. So my question is, what does it look like to identify something that has been toxic or really something that has been raised uh, that has or really something uh, that has raised your standard in life? You understand that question? Not entirely. What does it look like to identify something that has been toxic or something that has raised your standard in life? So I I think it's saying, how do you? You know, what does it look like to recognize a good friend or a, potentially a bad friend and the longevity? How do you maintain some longevity in these? Because the toxic ones you should get rid of. But how do you you do that? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, well, I don't know where we get the phrase. Can I pick your brain? Yeah. But I don't <laughs> like it. Uh, yes. <laughs> Is that what you want somebody to do to your brain? I don't pick it. It seems like a lot of people would have said that to you in your life. They man. say it all you the time. A lot of people want to pick yeah. my brain. 
I wouldn't mind. Though, I, I wouldn't mind scratch it. You know, like I mean, I feel like my brain it itches little a little bit sometimes. Just give me a little scratch, but don't. Pick I mean, it. I would think I like to talk to people and yeah. connect and like share information. There's lots of things I like to do, but having my brain, brain picked, having <laughs> usually a, uh, this sounds like a some weird medical procedure or uh, something dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I do think I said something about to- to- to the toxic to me. All things are patterns, <laughs> so I'm looking for patterns and dynamics. That's just me. But if you, because yeah. I, I think that way naturally, other people fe- are more like they feel this or they feel that, but they get, seem to get kind of confused with that. But I'm less confused if I have enough data to notice patterns. And to me, everybody has a pattern, and I, it takes me a while. Some people I can find their pattern earlier, and sometimes it takes a long time. Um, the more interesting a person is, the more I like them. And the harder it is to figure out their pattern. So sometimes that can waste a lot of time if I can't figure out a person and then it takes a really long time. And then I finally figure out their pattern and it's, you know, I don't know if it's good or bad or how it affects me, but anyway, right. so you, that's why people like me, you get, or like maybe like pro, people as projects sometimes. So I can't figure them out yet. So I get yeah. over involved and sometimes they can turn out to be toxic. So I, that's a liability for me. But on the other hand, if you can predict somebody by the pattern they have and say, well, if it's this, then it'll be this. And uh, th- and you're looking for the dynamic. What is the relational dynamic and what is their pattern? And then, you know, the toxic ones are the, are the ones where regardless of what you're doing, they do what they do. So you yeah. can try different things and notice different things and observe that they're a one track situation that tends out in the environment that they're in. Maybe not every environment. Maybe they're fine at home or fine with their uh, friends or fine, but the thing that you're in, the system you're in, d- is it positive or negative? Net positive or net negative? And if it's a net negative, yeah. and that's their pattern, and it doesn't seem to change, and you can start to predict it, you can just label that for yourself and that system to be toxic, and that's not going to work long term because it's more negative than positive. But it's okay that people have some negative patterns. It's like I think of that as um alcohol like a high gravity like i like alcohol but it's poison four percent for bud light four four and a half percent poison that's that's Mm, an okay amount i can handle that that's more interesting than you know uh sparkling water yeah (laughs) but i don't like and i can drink an ipa seven percent toxic i like that i love it but those high gravity beers uh uh-uh bacardi 151 no thanks Matt's longing for them beers. He yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like a little toxicity. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Toxicity, not so bad. A little bit, it's okay. So, but that's yeah. the in the whole package. What does it really deliver? I you like know, a pretty good of bit of toxicity, actually. You can have well, people have you know, different. It's amounts. funny. I was I was just talking to my buddy, uh, and we were talking about a friend from college who had a friend. That was shitty, and every guy kind of has a friend that's shitty. Yeah, you like you know what I mean. Like that. There's, there's one friend that nobody understands why you're you like them or are close to them, but it spicy. Just, you know, kind of gets you. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like just something. There's something about them that yeah. like just. I don't know if it makes you feel better because they're shitty, and you feel better a about little, yourself on a little, little level. But you kind of do like them too. Like that, what their their yeah. energy or vibe is just funny to you or fun, even though yeah. like they're they're just gr- maybe they're kind of gross or you know. This guy, the the guy we were talking about, he has a friend who everybody just thought was you know a little 
kind of gross sexual, like always made too harsh of a sexual joke or, you know, just is kind of, kind of mean or not nice, but my, my, my friend really just liked him. So I'll tell you who it is off air. Y'all <laughs> yeah. know who it is, but, um, so it's funny, but yeah, there's, there's some level of toxicity that I think is okay. As long as you understand who you are in that relationship, if you feel like you're getting lost in it, yeah. you know, if it's a two way thing is yeah. you change them, they change you. They're rough around the edges. That, yeah, that's fun. That's life. That's good. That's the good stuff to me. But when it's just their one way and it's a program and it's yeah. a pattern and you know what the pattern is, it doesn't get better. Yeah. I mean, they, Friends and acquaintances, they give you a feeling. Yeah. Like, Matt, you talk about patterns, and I would talk more about the feelings, I guess. Like, if someone said, hey, so-and-so, you know, they're going to hang out tonight. They're going to be around tonight. Yeah. You get a feeling from, and mm-hmm. it probably mm-hmm. leans a little bit towards positive, a little bit towards negative. Uh, you know, it's either like, oh, nice, or, ah. Uh, and it depends I mean? on the situation. Like. It does. Like yeah. the environment but, is crucial right. too. If are they healthy in that environment that you're in or not? And some, yes. sometimes it's yes or no depends on the situation type of. And situation. I'm not saying yeah. it's a little like we were saying the spiciness is okay, but you know, you know, I mean, yeah, in a similar way, I mean, you know who's kind of bringing you down and who's not. I mean, that's not that hard to decipher, yeah, you're unless right. you're just it's really shallow or something you got to be able to know some of that. But you know how people label other people as toxic just to like when they're the toxic one? Like that's one of the main things right. that toxic people yeah. do is call other people toxic all the time. Like, Yeah. So you I got, mean, you can't it, want to be that. It really, I mean, this is for sure. I've had people like kind of mention where, but I mean, our is Lunsford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's a high gravity. People but think he's, he's a double IPA. But he, so many people think he's like shitty. And why do y'all hang out yeah. with him? Why do y'all keep hiring him and firing him? And us, you know what I mean? Like they, like Lunsford is the, our friend. Everybody's like, y'all are really that good of friends with him? <laughs> like, I mean, people have, like just were kind of surprised, you know, yeah. that like you know they they don't understand like we do. But I love it, y'all. But you know, are y'all kind of anybody's kind of shitty friends? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes, Matt's so. a bunch probably. Yeah. I don't yeah, know if I, I am. I no, you're yeah, not. No, no, not you. You're like a Michelob well, I mean, Ultra, maybe, be. at most. I probably Michelob was y'all. Ultra. I was a little bit of y'all. I can't even maybe. get a premiere. Yeah. <laughs> what? I might have been y'all's shitty friend for a while. Maybe still am. I don't know. I like complicated, no. rich people with a lot going on, personally. Yeah. I don't like anybody boring at all. And yeah. you, Devin, you're not boring. You know, you, right. you're definitely an alcoholic beverage. I mean, yeah, <laughs> don't. Just, I'm not saying you're not yeah. kombucha or anything. Right, I go down smooth. You yeah. know, some people like the kombucha is all they can handle. Yeah. Or and some people's just still water. They just like boring people. That's fine. Am I am I, I a light beer or am I a, a cocktail? Well, I, yeah, I think I mean, you're a light beer. You kind of think I'm a light beer. Nice for everybody. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people. Just, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. oh, I'll take that. You know, I'll, what I'll, would you consider yourself? Me in the alcoholic <sighs> beverage. Oh, Toby's just strong. If I was an alcoholic beverage, a yeah, I'm a, I'm a double or a triple whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> double, yeah. Like a double shot of whiskey. And I'm kind of a zany. Flash of Diet Coke. <laughs> You're like, what the hell is that? Yeah. It's got, yours got a little bit of Diet Coke in yeah. it. What is yours, man? He's like a triple Diet Coke of whiskey. Is what Toby is. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You know I mean? It's good. Yeah, Maybe it's a vodka like, and doc, Diet Dr. Pepper. It, you know, it starts off like strong. That. Then it gets fun. Then it turns a little of, sad. Not, yeah. And then you go, wait, I need another one. For some reason, I'm ordering another one. 
but not toxic if you don't have too many of them for most people. You right. Know, uh, I have a high tolerance. Yeah. So I like to- Toby's right up my alley, but I'm probably some kind of zany drink with a tequila in like it, a, but maybe with like a bloody clam Mary, juice. Yeah. yeah, something a bloody Mary with a bunch of weird stuff in it. Yeah, <laughs> right. stalk of celery. There's a lot of celery and some spice, <laughs> yeah. some weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. There you Shrimp go. on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's it. Uh, all right, that's asking you shall receive. All right, we got to pay a couple bills here and okay. uh, tell y'all some things that are going on. We're having a Christmas show, guys. Kings, I heard a Christmas uh, event. The, yeah, Christmas event Christmas at their brewery, event. right? It's in and at the brewery. At yeah, Kingston, the brewery. Uh, at the, our buddies uh, Tim and Nate. You know, Amber Lynn under oath. You know that. You know, we were kind of like the band that they looked up to, and now they, you know, yeah. they're like, please come play at our coffee spot and our beer spot. Yeah. Please, we'll do anything. We're like, okay, okay, we will. Um, so they own King State, and we're partnering with them to host a Christmas songs and stories event. This, will be a special songs and stories because the full band will be there. Basically Josh might be running sound. He's, he, I don't know what he's going to be doing. Cause his uh, leg doesn't work. His Achilles in a boot, but uh, we'll all be there. Even though it's a Christmas thing, we'll Christmas themed. We'll be playing some memory classics as well. And with some Christmas songs, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, that is December 2nd down in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Tickets are on sale right now at emorymusic.com and shirts and posters are also available. It's going to be a lot yep. of fun. Get in the Christmas Limited. spirit. Start out December strong with an Emory show. You'll probably see some, you know, you'll see some of those Amberlynn and, and Under Oath folks there. You're yeah, going to oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Ticket fees are zero. So I'm just saying in advance. Zero. zero. There's not ticket fees because what right. the hell are those things? And right. where does the money go? And we don't know the answer to that except for when we have a place where we sell tickets, we don't have to charge any ticket fees. It's just the ticket right. price. And so – you know, that's worth considering, I, I think. In, Very in much so. Yeah. Uh, and also, yeah. with some more songs and stories, uh, Devin and I are going to be, we got three songs and stories coming up in November, and this yep. is going to be really awesome. We're doing Nashville, Tennessee on November 18th. We're doing Louisville, Kentucky on November 19th, and Dayton, Ohio, which is going to be a fun one, because that's at uh, JT from Hawthorne Heights Coffee Shop. Man, yep. these, these emo bastards really get into coffee and do coffee shops and beers and yeah, stuff, apparently. don't they? I should have done something. I didn't. I I like beer and I like coffee and I didn't do anything. So <laughs> I'm a dumbass. Tickets on sale for that as well. Emorymusic.com. Also, you got to order now. We're writing the custom songs. The uh, custom songs are on sale and make the perfect Christmas gift. It's our favorite thing to do because that's the prompt here. That's really true. I've been writing, working on the songs that we've got on order right now. That's why I'm asking you to order them now because we can only do so many, especially before Christmas. This is the perfect gift for your loved one, for yourself. Uh, send us a little bit of information about your life, and we will write you a song. You'll have your very own Emory song written about you, and it's just amazing. So go to emorymusic.com again to order that. Yep. As always, Marriage Supply, 10% off with code all over. We've got some new products. I'm going to be putting those up in the next few days. Um, Mayor Supply is going well. That goes along with uh, Sex 101 Pod with Dr. Stormy. Uh, that's it, That podcast is great. And go to Mayor Supply. Try a couple toys. Try, try a little something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They ain't got to be a big something. It could be a little something. But maybe you like a big something. We got big somethings. We got little somethings. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe, you know, I, I was thinking about it today. You know what you don't hear? Uh, I Shouldn't there be like for women, like they got big pussy energy? You know, they talk about big mm, dick energy. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. maybe I think men want women with big pussy energy. Big, 
Is that, that what it is? Big? Yeah. big? yeah. I think that's right. Or maybe you don't is want it? that. Mega pussy? Yeah. <laughs> MPE. Mega pussy uh, energy. Uh, <laughs> Gargant. She's pussy got energy. a lot of MPE. <laughs> wow, man. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> Well, they got the re- they got the resting bitch face, right? RBF. Yeah, they, they talk got about that. that. That's a meter. Yeah. We need to start a new meter. I kind of like resting bitch face. I think it's kind of attractive. There's something about it, a mean woman. Yeah. You know, just a mean, yeah. mean ass woman that just kind of gets me a little bit. Don't <laughs> put up with your shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know just kind of mean. I mean, yeah. Uh, also. If you want to support this podcast and you get right after this, you can go listen to part two, part two. We do a whole, basically full another episode for just the members of Emory land. Um, you can find all everything on emorymusic.com. You can sign up, but that really helps us to support this podcast. It supports Emory. Um, you get the access to a bunch of Emory music. We just put out the, for Emory land only right now, uh, covers the EP, covers which EP. is great. Turned out really awesome. And, uh, so you get music, you get to support this podcast, you get extra podcasts, discounts here and there, left and right. It's so awesome. And you even get your name read on the podcast. And, uh, this is interesting. Uh, what they got this week, Devin, do y'all have the names pulled up? Could y'all, oh, I got yeah, it. y'all got read them this week? Yeah. It's, I don't know if it's just a coincidence or what, but this week they, uh, everybody sent in their most expensive divorces. Oh wow! Their favorite, oh. most expensive divorces. Their favorite, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like celebrity divorces. Yeah, exactly. Divorces. That. So yeah, if you want to <laughs> okay. read them off. All right, Nick Haba. His is Adele and Simon Koenigke. Y'all know they got divorced. How much? How much was that one? Yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty expensive. They split uh, in 2019, I think. And Cosmopolitan reports that they have tried to keep it quiet. The terms of the 171 million dollar divorce. What does that mean? Does that mean that there was 171 net worth to be yeah, together. adjudicated? I think they their combined net worth was $171 million. And so then who gets what of that? And I guess that might even be like alimony or it's probably property that they own together too and assets and stuff. But And what do we figure in the lawyers get on such a dollar? Oh, my God. 20%? Imagine. 20% or more. I mean, a lawyer has to be end. so happy when people get divorced. Yeah. I mean, divorce is like the best thing that ever happened to lawyers, right? Oh. I mean, it just seems like yeah. it. All right. Who's next? Uh, Samuel Moore. Of course, y'all know this one. Jeff Bezos and Mackenzie mm. Scott. Yeah, that one's you cool. You know how much theirs was? A lot. The pay, uh, so it says, in 2019, the divorce between Amazon founder and his wife of 25 years was finalized with the mother of four walking away with a whopping $38.3 billion in Amazon stock. Lord. The payout didn't she seem to leave. divorced again, I think. Uh, yeah. Or she did? Weird. She got she got in a relationship and like divorced again or something. I don't know. I thought so. I yeah, she got, some, she got some MPE. I thought she was doing pretty good. I thought she was spending her money like philanthropically. and She got some mega stuff, pussy but, energy. Uh, but, yeah, she got mega <laughs> pussy energy, man. That's insane. Gargantuan pussy energy. Donald uh, Harvey. But but before oh, we go sorry, to Darren Harvey, it was uh I think he let's see it says the payout didn't seem to leave a significant dent in his net worth, which at last w- look was more still over 170 billion dollars. So she got 40 billion dollars, and it didn't really make a dent at all or change his life whatsoever. 
Ugh. Mackenzie Scott has filed for divorce from her second husband, Dan Jewett, a little over a year after they tied the knot. Wow. wow. I didn't even think she'd been separated from Jeff Bezos that long. Man. Good God. That's, she's trying to take get that money, build up that money. Yeah. Um, this one's Sylvester Stallone and Jennifer Flavin. This one doesn't Don't seem Harvey. that crazy. Um, they were married for 25 years. And some people said, about to sneeze but it's not coming um i forget it was something like she wanted him to not get a tattoo or a dog or something and he's like i'm done but i know it's more than that but uh it says all she's seeking is the 35 million dollar florida home but that he's worth 400 million dollars isn't that crazy they've been married for 25 Wait, years and one? sylvester stallone stallone is worth okay. 400 million dollars Wow. The former model, his wife, ex-wife now, is, uh, she wants complete ownership of their $35 million home. So I don't know, but I bet she would get more than that. $35 million doesn't it seem that like much. sounds like he's getting a pretty good deal. Yeah, it seems like she would get at least $100 that, million. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's probably hard to pay. the. Like, if you had the home, how much is like the monthly lawn care? I know. That's what I'm saying. So it must be <laughs> the cleaning bill. Like, I mean, think probably of that. Probably more to that one. All right, who's next? Uh, this is a tough name. I'm going to do my best. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Aristides, yeah, Ar- Aristides, yeah, that's probably what I would say. Yeah, Karas, Aristides, Karas. Can you say it in your low, sick voice? Could be wrong. Arist- Aristides, Karas. There we go. Doctor Dre and his wife, ex-wife uh, Nicole Young. In 2021, the rapper finalized a hundred million dollar divorce from his wife of 24 years. That 20 year thing, man, it's crazy. The Beats by Dre founder and they separated, uh, was ordered to pay her two separate $50 million transactions. Man, I wonder if he PayPal do that. How do you do $50 million? How do you send somebody $50 million? Cash app. How, how do you actually do it from your bank? You, send, you don't send them a $50 million check, do you? Cash your check. check. Money order. It has to be like a wire. Yeah. I think. It must be. Or something. I mean, what? it can't be anything else, yeah. right? That's what's good about Bitcoin. That's true. Man. Uh, all right, another one. Uh, last one, Isaac Ferretti. Ferretti's. Oh. oh, Kanye and Kim Kardashian. That's a big one. Oh, they had a combined geez. net worth of two point one billion dollars in their assets, and uh, says West, his wealth was est- is estimated at one point three billion, and hers was seven hundred eighty million. Uh, together they shared a combined seventy million dollars in joint assets. Um, and so. They had to split that. Uh, I don't know how that ended up working out. They probably split. Didn't seem like they took each other's money much, but he now he's in. He's saying all kinds of wild stuff, oh, he's racist stuff. Off. He just and so he actually he's lost a lot of uh, endorsements, especially with Adidas and stuff. And he was a billionaire, and now he's not. From the stuff he said, he is not a billionaire anymore. Yeah, isn't that wild? You, you know, he's he's smart though in some way. So he seems to I mean people like say he's crazy okay yeah. maybe but I don't think that's the best way to look at it I think that he is I mean he's it's pretty crazy I mean if you listen to like I mean I listened to the Lex Friedman episode of him it's 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 crazy I mean it is crazy but he people like that can make more money later yeah and they probably can make more money later doing a comeback yeah do you know what i mean so there's some way that there's a pattern of celebrities who 
know how to go down and come back with some slingshot effect that makes them right. better off in the long run, more risk, more reward. Right. And it's hard to, you know, he will, he, he seems to be pushing that limit more than other people really ever do. But he probably isn't, he probably, it's like he's trying as hard as he's obviously trying as hard as he can to, to push the limits of how much you can get canceled to then be cancel proof at a, in a larger sense somehow is, you know, you have to, you can't discount that as a possibility that it, that he is very aggressive, very high risk, but also rational and, knows what he's doing in some ways. But I always think that about, I tend to think that about people, that there is a pattern of rationality in his behavior more than pure uh, erratic. I don't see it that way. But what is he actually trying to say? Every time I see a clip or hear hear an interview, I'm like, he's saying really anti-Semitic stuff for sure. He's definitely doing that that on purpose. Right. Though, yeah. He for knows. whatever reason, he's doing it, not just randomly. But is he? What's he saying though? What's his? What's his motive here? What's he saying? His motive is not clear, but this. But well, but he is. He's using that because it is. Uh, it is. It's like it's like Donald Trump or 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 somebody else, where it's divisive, and it's yeah. polarizing in a way that you can then use. Because you go, well, it's this, but it's also this. It's like, well, that, you know, it's 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 divisive in just the certain way that will can be that can be useful. That's and it, it, you know, he walks a line that is walking a line that seems really crazy. So he's pushing it way crazier than anybody else, but he's doing it in a consistent type of way. That's hard. Yeah. So there's whatever whatever rationality has, I believe that he has it. So it's just like politicians do that. So there's some element yeah. of calculation that is embedded in it. And will it work or not work? I don't know. I don't know what the long term plan is. But he is kind of a master of leaning into his into his unique cra- type of crazy. Maybe it's funny. I saw a video. It's like a, a comedy sketch, and it was just like two uh, older. Christian guys talking. And one of the guys goes, "You know what? I really like Kanye." And the other guy's like, "The other guy was younger. He's like, really? Wow! What, what album do you like?" He says, "Oh, he does music." <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but this, he says he's the most. He says he's the richest um, black man of all time. He says he's yeah. the richest artist of all time, and he's a, and just musician, whatever. Fa- he's the richest fashion designer of all time. Yeah. That's his point of view. Like that's yeah. the way he sees himself and projects himself. You know what yeah. I mean? He said he can do it in any industry. Because he's a he's that genius, so he's yeah. like, you know, being inconsistent in ways you can't figure out what he's doing helps him paint the picture of himself as a genius, which he believes about himself. Yeah, and has, you know, he's he has more money than the Armani or some whoever the top fashion designers are. Like he, you know, that's right. how he is trying to to project it, and he always is. Um, He's always trying to change the subject when he says something about Jewish people and to something to talk about. He uses that as a way to say there's the black Holocaust and abortion and and like 50 million black people are aborted. So there's a that's a that's something he's doing. That's the way he's using it. Right. And I mean, I guess it he can. 
I mean, he guess he could say whatever he wants, and he'll still be rich beyond anybody's dreams. Like I, billionaires, I guess, really can almost do anything, right? I mean, they can't like kill somebody and not go to jail, but I mean, they, I mean, they can. People, you know, I mean, they can. Yeah, I mean, if I that's they what they wanted anything. to do. They, they whatever can. they want to do, they can. I wonder how many billionaires are on Earth. Do y'all know the question? It's probably more now than it used to be. Yeah, let me look that up. Oh, definitely no. It feels pretty common nowadays. <laughs> I mean, in a sense of in that class. I mean, you think in our think life we'll, we'll have a trillionaire? You... Oh yeah, and okay, think of all the hold people. On. Guess how? Guess how many billionaires there are? What's your billionaires on in the Earth? world? Yeah, in the world. And I mean, more. I'll, t- I'll mean, give you a one. I'll yeah, give you one hint. Than... They represent eleven point eight trillion in wealth. 11.8 so this many people control 11 it's hard to say with other countries you you just don't know that much i'm gonna say 72 more than that i think it's it's um you think it's more than that i think it's probably 10 times that yeah you think it's 720 yeah maybe you're right i I think it's 3300 yeah thousands 3311 billionaires three thousand yeah yeah i mean think about all the just uh, NFL, NBA, uh, you know, just uh, NHL, baseball. Yeah, billionaire. Not, not many of them. A lot of them are, are billionaires, but some. But the, the, think about it this way: this is the one to watch. Now I've got Kanye watch. There's Rogan watch. There's Musk yeah. watch. And I'm telling you, Beast watch. Mr. Beast yes. is seeking a valuation of 1.5 billion dollars, and he's just a YouTuber, and he's yeah. just a kid who runs his stuff very simply without megacorps without right. public stock trading, without yeah. anything. He just has a very simple organization that he runs, and that is the most intense thing to me is how powerful that is and how complete – he happens to only be doing like selling burgers and uh, chocolate bars and doing right. u- goofy YouTube videos. Right. But he is able to do anything he wants and has nobody controlling him. And he's obviously been able to assemble an incredible team that he can fully manage to achieve any of his goals and has become a billionaire. So he's both already smart enough to figure out how to do anything he wants and has unlimited resources. So whatever he chooses to, and he's going to live a long time. So what might he right. choose to do, and how powerful might he become? He got offered a you billion dollars for that. his channel, and he turned it down. Right. I know, because he knows he, what he is doing. He knows he's, and he's not controlled by billion. anybody. He doesn't get his right. money from the NFL. No. He doesn't get his money from a corporation. He doesn't have stockholders. Nothing. He has complete power, complete autonomy, a complete brain, a team of trusted geniuses, and he has a billion dollars. He can do what can he not achieve? With right. the remaining sixty or more years of his life, yeah, you got to watch that crazy. organization. And who like influence in that organization? Like who's in his ear? I'm like, scared he's the most evil person on earth. Like, because he comes across as just you know Jimmy. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he has the capability to do more than Elon. Yeah, I know he might. But like he can influence he might, the world. He's the most potential to, to impact the world of anybody world. on earth. Is my point of view. He just hasn't you imagine tried how lucky at all we were, yet. We were watching Mr. Beast today with my kids, and I was like, his friends are the luckiest friends in the history of the world. Oh, man. Like They just grew up with him, and he knows them, and he feels comfortable with them, and then they just get – but they're not really that funny. Or, like, when I'm watching, I'm like, how is this 
but it works. It, I don't understand. They get it. I don't. Oh, they get it all. They <laughs> you know, know what everything. I mean? Yeah. But I, I couldn't do that. I actually couldn't do that day in and day out. His life doesn't actually sound that fun to me, but for him to be able to do it, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's mm. crazy. Like the one, oh, the, one yeah. of the videos we watched today was he stayed at the cheapest hotel in the world and the most expensive hotel all the way through. So it was like the first one was like in India or something. It was just a mat on a, in a hallway and it was a dollar a night. And then, <laughs> then the next one was like, you know, $2,000. Then it was like 10, then it was 50, and then it was a hundred, then it was 500, and then it was a million dollars. And it was like this mansion that you stay in that you can just do whatever, you know, like, I mean, it was insane. I was like, wow. And he just did all that. And he just films the whole thing, spends all this money. And then the next one we watched was it made a guy stay in a circle for a hundred days. <laughs> and, yeah. and, he, and if the guy did it, he gets $500,000. The guy did it and everybody's cheering for him and stuff. And, you know, they, and I was like, man, this is interesting. You're right. Like he has a team that comes up with ideas that works That's so right. well for like families, I think. It's no really drama, family, no yeah. industry, no nothing. It's helpful. No nothing. People get cars, people get money. Oh, he never, no. you know, he always is like, oh, just go ahead and take the $10,000 or something, you know, like he never goes, don't give away money or spend it. And that makes him. And he can generate amount. resources unlimited with his brain yeah. and his team and their brains. He has them aligned and arranged in such a way that he can generate unlimited resources. And the yep. only thing he's tried to do is say, I want to be the best at understanding the YouTube algorithm so far in his life. That's all. Yeah. He, and then that's all so yeah. far. But yeah. when nobody even is under the radar. Nobody's even thinking, I mean, you know, but who influences him? Who gets in his ear? What yeah. he comes to want. That's scary to me. Yeah, it is. All right, we're going to head over to part dude. Lunsford's going to join us. So you better uh, join Emory Land. Go to emorymusic.com. Join it right now. And uh, yeah, this has been fun, guys. Yep. Honestly, this has been a lot. Of fun. It really has. It really has. I'm not. I'll see you in a minute. I mean, I, okay. I don't even have a percent. My percentage of being a billionaire would be so funny. I'd like to see what, you know, my net worth compared to, you know, Jeff Bezos or something like that would be. What like point zero 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 zero? just just do it well, even. Say he's got a hundred billion, and you have let's just say a hundred thousand net worth. Well, you can just do the zeros and figure that out. But he, you have six zeros, and he has uh, what does he have? Three, six, nine zeros. Wow. So it's you know that's the point oh whatever something like that. pretty easy math. All right, see you on part two.